0: We are joined right now by a National College Football Insider for The Athletic, also a college football reporter for Fox Sports. He is co-host of The Audible with Stu and Bruce. It's a podcast with Stuart Mandel. He is a best-selling author whose books include The QB, The Making of Modern Quarterbacks. Of course, I'm talking once again about Bruce Feldman. Bruce, had to bring you back, given the news about Nick Saban. It's great to have you on. Bruce, how are you?
1: Great to be on, Jim. Thanks for having
0: me. All right. So in terms of reaction, Bruce, would you say that you're surprised or you're shocked that Nick Saban is retiring? And why do you think that he decided that now was the time?
1: A little surprised. We started hearing rumblings uh, early yesterday afternoon and tried to confirm it. And people who were close to him would only say that it wouldn't surprise them if that happened. They didn't, they couldn't, say that it was going to happen last night, as it did, until the word started to spread. And he had his team meeting with his players and wanted to make sure he pulled them first. Um, you know, look, it, this, he, is, he is 72, and this sport has gotten, a chaotic sport has gotten even more chaotic in the last couple of years. Not just the transfer portal, not just the NIL, the coaching calendar is completely out of whack. And I think it's a lot of it's a big juggling act. And this is a guy who has always stayed two steps ahead of the competition. He's always been really masterful in how he's able to juggle staff and have coaches come and go and just keep getting better and better. Um, it, it's you'd always heard that at some point Nick Saban wanted to, to try his hand at TV and maybe end up at ESPN, or maybe at college game day, or something like that. And I think he looked at the time of his life now and said, you know what? I won seven national titles. Is there anything else? I, I felt like there's anything else I need to prove to anybody else. This is, this is probably the best move for everybody involved, especially him and his family.
0: Bruce Feldman is joining us. Bruce, any sense of what Alabama's time frame might be for finding his successor?
1: Uh, I was told when Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, met with the players yesterday, he told them, "Give me, give me 72 hours." That's not a lot of time, but again, because there's an open window when a coaching change happens, that Alabama players, you know, could be bailing out. I don't, you know, right now I've understand that there's been one recruit who's looking around, but at this point, you know, this search is going on fast. I think Greg Byrne's had people in mind for a while. Um, There's going to be some really good candidates. As we know now, Dan Lanning, who had a massive buyout, has stated he's happy where he's at, at Oregon. He was a former Saban assistant. That's really, uh, you know, was a guy who I think a lot of people felt would be a good fit there. There's some other guys in the mix. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, who the Alabama Brass really likes from his time there, who had obviously beaten Saban this year in Tuscaloosa, would he think it's a better situation to go to Alabama than what he has in Austin? I mean, I'm not sure about that one. Um, you have a guy like like Norvell who's done a terrific job at Florida State. You have a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Who's never, both of those guys have never coached in the SEC, but you know Kalen DeBoer has done an amazing job in a couple of years at Washington and he also recently hired Jimmy Sexton who's the big agent who also represents Nick Saban and most of the SEC coaches and those are some interesting names to keep an eye on and maybe even Dabo Sweeney who obviously beat Saban a couple times for national titles and he played at Alabama. I just don't know if you know Alabama thinks he would be the right guy to take over.
0: We were talking to Bruce Feldman. Bruce, I was actually going to ask you about every single one of those guys, and I might double back to some of them. But back to Lanning for a minute, I mean, that makes the most sense. Aside from that just crazy, crazy buyout. But he was emphatic. He posted on social today in a video where he said as much, I'm not going anywhere. The grass is not always greener. If you had to get inside his head, why do you think, I mean, maybe it's a comfort level, but why do you think that he would prefer Eugene over Tuscaloosa and Oregon over Alabama?
1: I think there's a couple of factors here. You know, he's got a young family. From whenever I've talked to him, he said they really like it there in Eugene. I think he knows, you know, he worked in the SEC, first at Alabama and then at Georgia. He knows what the SEC fishbowl is like. I also think he realizes they have a loaded team. Again, this year they came close to making a four-team playoff this past year. He gets Dylan Gabriel, who's coming there from, from Oklahoma, terrific quarterback, great fit for them. He's got this, I feel like, he knows Oregon has the NIL piece figured out as well as anybody got the relationship with Phil Knight, which is a huge piece for them to play. They got terrific facilities and I would not at all be surprised if they win the big 10 in their first season in the league and they can make a run of the national title there. So I, I think rather than be the guy who followed Nick Saban and that has a ton of weight to it. I think he knows that he can, he can have a really special thing up there in Eugene, Oregon.
0: Bruce Feldman's joining us. You're right. Always tough to be the guy to follow the guy and even tougher to be the guy to follow the goat. But I'll tell you, a guy who's got no fear, somebody we have not discussed, and that would be Lane Kiffin, which would be pretty wild, right? Let's just talk about this for a minute. I mean, he knows how things are done there. He has been there before. He would not shy away from the expectations. Where would you slot Lane in all of this?
1: You know, he obviously knows what it's like in Tuscaloosa from work there. I mean, he's done a good job at at Ole Miss, and he's learned from, from Nick Saban. I think the tricky part is, you know, remember, he was basically shoved out the door right before the national title game when he took the FAU job. And he's also the same guy who was tweaking Nick Saban right before they played. And just, you know, I don't know if they would feel like he's the guy they want to replace Nick Saban. I don't think Lane Kiffin would have any fear of being the guy to replace uh, to replace Saban, I just wonder if they would feel comfortable with him in control of everything. Because there's just so many public moments there, and some of the stuff Lane does, you know, while it may play well on social media, I think for for some other folks, I think it doesn't sit well. And so I'm not, you no, know, I'm I'm skeptical that they would go in that direction.
0: I think you make a very good point, Bruce Feldman. Joining us for a couple of more moments, hey Bruce, back to Sark for a minute. Do you think the Bama job is better than the job he has right now?
1: I think it actually is. Now, look, you probably can get more stuff done administratively, you know, through Alabama football than you can maybe with some, some red tape that you might have at Texas. But the other big piece of this is he's right now at Texas. He replaced Tom Herman. He goes to Tuscaloosa. He's replacing Nick Saban. That is a way different expectation level. And, the, you know, your recruiting base is still, still really strong in Austin, just as it would be. I just think the part about replacing Saban compared to replacing Tom Herman is a way different dynamic. But, you know, I know that people in Tuscaloosa really thought highly of Sark from his time there. And I know he, he, he saw a lot of positives with him, with, with that situation from his experience in Tuscaloosa.
0: Hey, Bruce, how much of a say do you think that Nick Saban has in his successor?
1: I know he's going to have a voice in it. I, I don't think it'll it'll be his decision obviously, but I think he will have a lot of feedback. I mean, there's you no know, there's guys out there you'd say, "Okay, this is somebody I could see them, you know, kicking the tires on," but I think they got to move so fast. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what they do cuz you know, the AD told them told the players, let you know, give me 72 hours. That's got to you got to work fast on that."
0: I think that's wild. One last thought before you go, Bruce. What about Kalen DeBoer? Like, everybody who knows knows this guy's a hell of a football coach on every single level. I mean, there is so much to like about this guy. He is an amazing football man. Do you think that he would want that? Like, if you had to get inside his head, what's his headspace like? Because he's in a really good spot, too. Do you think that he would want to be the guy to follow the guy? Do you think he'd want to be in the SEC? A great question.
1: I mean, he is a terrific coach. I think he's one of the five best coaches in college football right now. He did an amazing job turning that program around from a four and eight season the year before he showed up. The one part that I don't, you know, like that makes me a little curious is just recently he hired, he switched agents to go with Jimmy Sexton, the biggest agent in college football, who's also Nick Saban's agent, also represents most of the SEC head coaches. And while I know that he's never been that guy, you know, to be work in the SEC, I mean, he's hired somebody who knows that landscape. So who knows? It's a, I guess it's possible.
0: It's pretty amazing that we could find out within the next 72 hours. Last thought, what about Dabo? I mean, a few years ago, Bruce would have been a no-brainer, right? He played ball there. He was beating Nick Saban in big games. Do you think that Bama would have any interest in Dabo at this point?
1: I think they could. I mean, he beat him twice uh, You know, for national titles. The part that gives me a little skepticism is it feels like the program has backslid in the last three years. It certainly has. He struggled to navigate the transfer portal and be open to it. I just don't know if if that would be the direction they would go after that.
0: Bruce Feldman is a national college football insider for The Athletic, also a college football reporter for Fox Sports, a best-selling author as well, and... Came back on to talk about Nick Saban. Bruce, really appreciate you. I didn't want to go back to you so soon. However, on a story like that, I knew I had to. So thanks so much for doing that.
1: Always great to be on with you, Jim. Thanks Thank for having Thank
0: you, Bruce. Have a great day. Appreciate you. All right, so some really good insight. We talked about some possible successors. In case you missed it, Dan Lanning, who to me would be prospect number one, the most ideal guy to get that gig. He has an enormous buyout at Oregon, like $20 million or even more. However, and Alabama's got deep pockets. I'm not sure that they have even pockets that deep, but it doesn't matter because Dan Lanning already has posted a video saying that he's not going anywhere. He's good. The grass is not greener. So take him off the list.